Join us on Faith in the Fast Life for inspiring stories of faith and action sports. Explore the exciting intersection of faith and extreme sports with top athletes and thought leaders. So grab your gear and come along for the ride as we discover the ultimate rush of faith in the fast life. Welcome, Faith in the Fast Life family. We are so excited to be with you. Another episode coming from Seattle in the dungeon, the cold hallway of Seattle Supercross 2023 and Chris Cole with me, a legend in the in the pits, mechanic extraordinaire, um, former professional rider, and an extremely awesome man of God. Honored to have you here, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. So man, without further ado, like I mean, let's just jump right into it. Like let's let's who is Chris Cole? Where did you come from? Tell him let's get into the dirt. So um, I was uh, at a very young age. My dad uh, had bought uh, two Enduro type motorcycles. It was uh, like a Honda SL one seventy five and a Ducati two fifty. Uh, and uh, my mom and dad started going trail riding. And my dad, I had to be about three or four, and he put me on the seat uh, the, in front of him on the basically on the gas tank. Put a uh, my mom's helmet all jaggling on my head and went up this hill. And that was my love for motorcycles was cemented in that moment. And uh, there's a few other moments later on that that uh, my my love for racing uh, came in, you know, similar fashion. But uh, but that's where I got my love for it. And then, you know, uh, normal <clears throat> life as a, a kid and parents, you know, got divorced. And, you know, there was some there were some rocky times and uh I don't really want to go into those times now other than to say that, you know, uh, like many, you know, I had a, I had a, a, a somewhat of a difficult uh, childhood, adolescent time. Um, but then uh, I met uh, my, my mom remarried and uh, my stepdad, uh, John Parent, was uh, an amazing man. He loved me like a son and uh, my my love for motorcycles continued and uh he he owned businesses, so I got kind of an entrepreneurial, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, exposure to him, and and uh, I worked in several of his businesses, and you know, I worked. Uh, I, I mean, I he treated me like uh, he told his his managers, it's like, hey, if you need to fire him, you can fire him. You know, it's like uh, he didn't pay me any more than anybody else. He didn't give me any favoritism, and and that uh, was one of the best lessons ever. And so. Then as uh, working for him uh, and uh, going to high school, um, I got a job at a local Suzuki dealer assembling uh, new motorcycles. And uh, and they, you know, I was getting faster on the track and they started, hey, we can help you with parts. And next thing you know, I got a Suzuki amateur ride and I was doing, uh, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, big time at District 3 in, in New York State and uh uh, at least like the, the three or four months that we could ride, you know, the rest of us know in that part of the world. But uh, graduated from, from high school in 1980, and uh, I uh, had to make a choice between going to college, and I had I had a really good academic, uh, 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 you know, foundation under me. I was going to go to school for to, uh, physics, and uh, uh, but that, that, and I had, a, I had a scholarship to do that, and uh, I I uh, I knew that if I did that, it meant no racing, and uh, so um, you know I I wasn't a believer uh, at all. In fact, I was uh, a, an atheist, a pretty hardcore, committed atheist at that so time. You didn't grow up with any 
religion or any of that in your background? I did. I did. My grandmother um, on my mom's side um, was was very faithful, and she she's pretty much responsible for most of the people in my family that that uh, came to Christ. And uh, um, you know, she took us to a Lutheran church in Springfield, Ohio, and and uh, you know, and I I always had this soft place in my heart for God, but I, you know, wanted to do my own thing. And my dad was an atheist and I really wanted to impress my dad. And so it was probably more adopting his, uh, uh, belief system and, you know, wanting to be accepted by him than, than really a, a truly held one, but I was good at it. I would persecute Christians, make fun of them. And, and, uh, you know, I thought, I thought it was silly, you know, and, and cause you, cause deep, I mean, Stepping out on a limb here, but I think deep in your heart, because of your grandmother, you knew that God was going to accept you no matter what. But you maybe didn't know that your dad was going to do that. So with that, you you go to look to try to impress that. And I think maybe kids even uh, these days, and I mean kids, people alike, like we're trying to get the attention of the wrong people, right? So maybe we're turning ourselves from Christianity because of a certain group or something like that. So. Just one of my little spin-offs that I'll go on throughout the, this episode. Good. The fear of man is a snare, and I definitely had a fear of not uh, uh, pleasing my dad. And uh, uh, you know, and he went through several relationships, and and uh, they were not easy on me. You know, I was twelve, thirteen year old kid, fourteen year old kid, and my stepdad John, uh, he did step in and said, "Hey, no, th- this kind of stuff can't go on," but. But uh, my my dad's younger brother um, uh, was a um, and he and his wife were missionaries, and they were in the process of training, which over many years to become foreign missionaries on a very difficult foreign field. And they went to Papua New Guinea with New Tribes Missions. They were there for twenty years, and and uh, uh, every time they would come home on furlough, they would you know stay with us for several months and you know, like me and my wife, but before this, you know, I would, so before they went to the field, we would have family gatherings and they would be there. And, you know, Andy Lane had her guitar and, and, uh, they were like the singing Cole family and, and they all had their part. And, and I just remember hearing music about God and that probably left more of a sweet taste in my heart about God than anything else that I had seen uh, you know, just witnessing their family. And, and, uh, I just remember being in my, my grandmother's home on Seneca Lake and, you know, hearing Mike and Elaine, uh, you know, and, and John and Eris sing, uh, you know, the songs and they would travel around and that's how they kind of raised support and whatnot, you know, and, and that was one of their things. But, uh, um, you know, later, you know, I'm a very musical guy too. I, you know, played the trumpet and I played the piano. I currently play the guitar and lead worship for, for Panic Rev at, at some of their camps. And, uh, uh, I love, I love music. I love worship. I love, uh, uh, helping people, uh, learn how to become part of a member of a worship team. And, and, uh, uh, and, and it came kind of from that, but, but, the atheism, you know, is like I, I wanted to do my own thing. Like, you know, we all want to do our own thing. We want to be our own God. And that was really where I was at at that time. And I had big dreams to be a big time factory pro motocross rider. And, uh, you know, and I'm six foot three. I mean, I God did not build this body to be 
you know, a, 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 a star in the motocross world. But, uh, uh, but he did give me, uh, an amazing heart. I was definitely an overachiever and, uh, uh, I suffered a lot of injuries because of my, my, uh, my build, like some of the taller riders do today. But, uh, but nonetheless, I, I persevered and, and, you know, when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, I was a six foot three. And, uh, so I was more an optimum size and I, I, uh, so I learned a lot of skills and I got some good rides. So when I finally did graduate from high school, 1980, and I chose not to go to college, I chose to move to California and pursue a, a career in, in professional motocross. Um, you know, I, I was all in and, and, uh, I, uh, uh, you know, I came out here several winters for a month or so before, you know, in, in, you know, my, my, uh, sophomore, junior high school and, and, uh, um, you know, so, you know, I, I knew for years that this is what I wanted to do. And this is what I, you know, and I, I always saw myself as making it in the motocross industry and then getting a job in the industry. You know, you hear, you hear all the pros, oh, I would like to get a job in the industry, you know, and, um, but, uh, that's not really how, it, how it all worked. But, uh, um, so I, I, uh, turned pro, I think it was May of 1981, uh, you know, raced some bigger amateur races. They, like they had amateur supercross championships. I won a few of those, uh, Anaheim stadium. And, you know, it was, it was really a highlight. And I raced, uh, supercross 81, 82 as a pro. And raced the nationals, the 500 CC nationals in uh, 1982, and uh, I had made a commitment to the Lord that if I didn't get a certain finish for the year, I would I would quit, and I I didn't get that. And uh, uh, at the end of the year, I was like, well, you know, well, actually, I'm getting out of myself because 1982 was the year I I came to Christ, and uh, so so an atheist. I mean, let me backtrack. Yeah, we'll come back with this a little bit. So. You come out of high school in 1980s when you graduated. Yep. Right. You get going with moto, but at this point you're an atheist, right? You're trying to impress yep. your dad. You're not wanting to walk. You have some roots. You have some background. You have your your aunt and your uncle's songs in your heart. Yep. But you're trying to resist the whole time. You're trying to stay away from it. You're doing the moto thing. So you go through a full season in 81 of racing and then 82... So wow. 81, I was in SoCal, wasn't racing nationals, but I did race uh, a series up in Northern California, uh, trying to get points to qualify uh, for, to get entries, guaranteed entries for the 82 nationals. And I rode the final Supercross at Jack uh, Murphy Stadium in uh, San Diego. And, um, you know, it was a great experience. Made the night show, but at that time, you know, you, you, you had only one Supercross class and you had three outdoor classes. So it, to say it was stacked is, is it's, it's inconceivable compared to today. I mean, you had so many factory riders and, you know, and so I, I made it, uh, uh, you know, into the night show. I never made a main event. And, uh, I, I think I, you know, with the system they have today, I might've made a two fifty main event, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I almost made one, uh, at, at uh, uh, Ellie Coliseum in 82, but, uh, I, I crashed and didn't, didn't, didn't make it. But so through the, the year 1981, Christians met me everywhere I went. And, uh, the, you know, and it culminated in the fall of that year, um, a, a, an acquaintance, um, 
invited me to, um, he was like, Hey, uh, you can race the trans USA series with me. Uh, you can use one of my bikes. I didn't have a 500 at the time. And, uh, he, he rode Yamaha. So it was a YZ 465. He was, yeah, I'll pay all your expenses, you know, to come to all the races. He goes, you have to drive the box van at night. That's the only thing you got to do. You drive at night so I can sleep and keep my schedule. And, and it's an all paid, uh, uh, you know, trip to, to ride these five races of the Trans USA series. And, uh, like that, I was born to drive at night. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I took him up on it. And, uh, uh, anyway, when we went to high point, there is a family, the Subkovic family. And, uh, uh, this name does have some, uh, uh, connection to modern day supercross but del subkovic was the dad and he was a pastor and he had uh uh their ministry they would they would go to the track you know you get there thursday or so and and they would come out to the track and meet riders and say hey we we have a place for you to stay if you don't have a place to stay we have a a practice track in our backyard we have a, a shop in our garage we have agreements with all the local motorcycle uh, shops. So, you, so if you need a, an after hours thing, they had, you know, all of that. So it was like, it was a turnkey thing. It was free food and lodging, you know, and, and they had a game room and, you know, it was really cool. And they would share the gospel with us. And, uh, there was a guy named Denny who, who talked about the tribulation. He talked about the antichrist and he talked about the judgment to come. And, and, uh, I realized at that point that I was a sinner and that I needed a savior. I still wouldn't relent at that point and, and accept Christ, but I was like, I could hardly sleep at night after that. And, uh, I actually didn't finish all five of the rounds. I went, I went home, uh, after, after four rounds and, and, uh, in anyway, then, um, uh, I was, uh, preparing for the 1982 season, getting my pro license renewed getting my medical and and uh i don't think they even do medicals anymore but uh we had a, a lengthy medical exam we had to do and i went to this one doctor's office and there was this beautiful girl you know opened the door and she was the back office nurse and i'm like man i oh i gotta meet this girl and and uh um and her her name's jan and now it's it's uh mrs cole so uh then i ended up marrying her but she was a christian and you know, through that, that process, she, uh, um, I, I, you know, Hey, give me your phone number. Oh, I can't do that. You know, it's not professional, blah, blah, blah. And I pressed her, pressed her. And, and so she finally gave me her phone number and I called her. And the first thing she said is, look, you're not a Christian. I am, I, I'm not going to date you. Um, so I just want to tell you, sorry, but you know, goodbye. And well, oh, that's not fair. You know? So we ended up talking over a period of weeks, uh, almost every day, almost entirely about the Bible. And, uh, uh, and, and so she was that last Christian that came into my life. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I told her about my racing career and, and all that. And, uh, and, you know, she, she wasn't impressed, you know, I, 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 uh, did she have any, anything to do with moto at that point or zero? She didn't zero. Love it. Yeah. Cause like with my wife, like, Obviously, we have a boat dealership and some different things. So I told my wife we owned a boat dealership and I had a boat. And she's like, okay, like, who cares, right? 
And that's when I that's when I realized like she was the one for me because yeah. she didn't care about. Oh yeah, like, my wife did. Jan didn't care. She didn't yeah. care. And uh, you know, and and so I I kept trying to get her to come to a race, and she goes, "Okay." Finally, she said, "I'll, I'll go to a race, but you need to go to church. Uh, but you have to come to church first. And uh, so I drove to her house, and and I went inside and sat down at her kitchen table and waited for her to get finished getting ready and then we went and got into her car and uh drove to church sat down and we were probably i'm gonna say uh, 12 18 inches apart i mean i never physically touched her for many months it wasn't until the night that i got saved at at, at harvest in riverside uh it was january 17th 1982 <clears throat> and i come out of the new Conver counseling room and uh and she gives me a big hug and says, welcome to the family. And I'm standing there like, oh, you know, not knowing how to react to this. But uh, anyway, um, so, um, you know, you think, oh, you know, this guy that, you know, she she obviously had some interest in me, uh, but she wasn't going to date me. So now I'm a Christian. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm like, but I didn't I didn't know if she would or she wouldn't, but she wouldn't. I mean, it was like, you know, look, you are uh, you are not tried and true. Uh, I am going to test you before I would ever consider dating you. And so it was many months before, uh, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I was head over heels in love with that girl right then. I told her I loved her almost every day. She's like, Chris, I'm not sure you know what love is. OK, so but uh, but anyway, uh, eventually we started dating and. She did come to the races, and uh, uh, she went to a few nationals that I raced in. Uh, she went to some supercrosses that I raced in, and uh, and and so uh, you know, I finished the '82 season. I had a I had a few guys uh, during that season that were very instrumental. Uh, a guy named Bill Glore. I've never been able to find him. Uh, I've searched on Facebook, and uh, he was a real Christian in the moto world. And, uh, he, he told me, you know, I, I was just like hunting and pecking through the Bible. Where do you read? Oh, I don't know where to read. Now start in the beginning, you're reading in Genesis. And he's like, read the book of Romans. He goes, it'll, it'll rock your world. It'll change your life. And, and it did. And, and, uh, and so, you know, then he was there to answer questions each week. You know, we we're traveling around just like we do now at each race. And, um, so anyway, there were, there were several people like that, several, uh, uh, you know, people that would open their homes and the, the Sepkovic family, uh, they opened their home to me again the next year when I was racing the nationals and, uh, is this uh, not, okay. Uh, but, uh, anyway, uh, the, the, uh, they had a son, Scott Sep Sepkovic and, uh, he was about my age. And uh, many people that are listening to this podcast might know who he is from Moto because he he got into the industry and uh, uh, and he ended up becoming an agent. He was Chad Reed's agent. He was the one who brought Monster to uh, Feld and and uh, had that whole partnership. And uh, he's the part owner in Arma today. And uh, uh, but. Um, anyway, uh, he, Scott actually came to our wedding, uh, you know, a few years came in, in sneakers and shorts and stuff. But, uh, but anyway, um, uh, you know, 
Dell, the dad, is really the spiritual driving force. And Scott, um, even while we were there at his house that very first time, um, you could just tell he he was more where we were, not really being a Christian than than uh, where his family was. And uh, and to this day, I know he he has an affinity and a love for for his dad, uh, who has gone on to be with the Lord. But uh, yeah, I I, uh, I pray for him all the time, uh, um, and I. I have several friends that we have in common, but we have never crossed paths. I've tried to cross paths with them a few times, but nonetheless, um, uh, the Sepkovic family, um, you know, could probably be the, the ones that were that, that were the genesis of, of this, uh, um, you know, my salvation, and uh, and uh, then meeting my wife and and her 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 unwavering commitment. She did not want to compromise her faith being involved with with me. But uh, where I was going with this, and I'm sorry I'm rambling a bit. You're good. But um, people gave to me in many ways uh, throughout my, uh, you know, adolescent years, teen years, and into my young adulthood, you know, really starting probably with my stepdad, uh, one of the owners of the Suzuki dealership there in, in New York that I rode for and this, people like the Subcovics. And so as a Christian, I, you know, I, I, I quit racing literally a year after I got saved and uh, got out of the sport entirely, never touched a motorcycle for 25 years. And uh, never a day goes by in a former moto guy's life that you, you don't look at it. Oh, look at that on-ramp onto the freeway. Oh, that looks like a really sick berm right there. And, you know, stairs are like whoops, you know, and everything's a jump or a berm, you know. And anytime I get on a bicycle, it'd be like, you know, in my mind, I'm, you know, back on the motocross track. And uh, so I never, it never left me, not not even, it never subsided. And uh, uh, I wish there way was a way to get it out so I wouldn't want to uh, keep uh, riding like I, I do because the risk is is pretty high, you know, but, uh, but, uh, I got into ministry big time. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a missionary. I, um, I read everything I could get my hands on. I, I, uh, got close to several pastors on my, at my church. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, I really just, you know, allowed God to pour into my life. And, and, uh, I was, I was there, when the church doors were open and I was there when they closed for, you know, 20 years. And, uh, anyway, uh, I ended up becoming a pastor and, uh, uh, didn't, didn't serve full time in that for, for that long, about, about, uh, six years. But, um, but that ministry, that pastor's heart, I, I, I have that. And, and, uh, so mentoring is something I think is very natural, uh, it's a natural outflowing of of what God had these men do in my life, and um, so you know I had many uh, uh, people that I discipled through my my young and mid Christian years, and uh, so in in uh, 2007, my son turned 14, and he was like, "Dad, could we get bikes?" And I'm like. Oh man, you know, I, I've had so many surgeries. I didn't even know if I could sit on a bike, you know, and, and, uh, 
I said, you know, son, let me pray about it. Let me talk to your mom. And, uh, and I knew that my wife wouldn't be really keen on it because, you know, she, she, all she knew was how 110%, you know, which means you're over the edge committed to moto I was in the past. And, uh, um, you know, would that happen to me again? And, and, uh, the risks and all that. So anyway, we, you know, we ended up getting bikes and it was, you know, it was awesome. We went to the Hills like twice and, uh, then we went to the motocross track and we were at the motocross track every week. My son loved it. It was a fantastic thing for us to do together. We started developing a ministry at the track, you know, meeting, meeting other, other men. And, and, uh, some of them were Christians, some of them weren't, you know, all different. And, and so we just did what we did everywhere that we, we went and, uh, we just did it there. And, and, uh, and so then that grew. And then an, an old friend, my very first California friend, uh, Warren Johnson, uh, I'd met him in 1980, uh, he come pedaling up the street and I met, I was working on my bikes in the driveway and, and we became friends there. And so fast forward all the way to 2013, where my son's racing, uh, uh, he, he started racing in 2012 and I started racing again in 2013. And, um, when I met Warren in mid 2013, he said, Hey, we have a, we have a kid who just turned pro He's turning pro this season for us. Uh, he was on the Troy Lee team and he said, uh, he needs a family like yours. And it turns out it was Shane McElrath. And, uh, Shane became uh, a very close friend and uh, uh, a great mentoring relationship uh, ensued. Uh, he became friends with my kids and they went to church together. <clears throat> my kids met Freddie Norn through that interaction. I knew who he was, but I didn't really know him. And then a couple of years later, uh, Freddie needed some help uh, to cover some expenses for a mechanic or else he was going to basically lose a ride that he had. And, and, uh, I partnered up with a, a really good friend of mine named Luther France. We split the cost of it and, and, uh, said, yeah, we'll give, we'll give Freddie the money. And, and so that's how we met Freddie and, and then Freddie and Amy, you know, became closer friends. And my family would go to one, two, sometimes three, races out of town and some of these races you know like nationals okay we would travel and and get a house or something and make a make a a week of it and uh uh and so whenever we would do this we would hook up our truck and trailer bring the bikes and we'd race amateur day and you know it was awesome you know we had we had such great family times doing that so during those trips we had more time to spend with shane uh, you know, before the race and after the race. And then we, you know, meeting Freddie and Amy, we started spending more time with them. And the following winter, uh, Freddie said, Hey, can we come stay with you this winter? It's like, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, he brought uh, a mechanic, he brought another rider, Jerry Robin. And, uh, uh, I remember coming out of our, our, uh, uh, master bedroom one morning and looking at our, our living room and there's, air mattresses and sleeping bags all over the place. And, and I looked at my wife, it was like, that that's me, you know, that is me right there. And, and, uh, you know, we were able to, to give back in that way. And, and, um, anyway, so I, I didn't necessarily see this as my full-time ministry, my full-time calling at that point in time, 
Um, that kind of developed later, but it, it just became, you know, I, hey, I want to help Freddie. I want to be there for, for Shane. And, you know, there's a lot of, lot of pressure. How long ago was this with those guys? So uh, that year was 2016. My, I'm, I'm, I'm dipping down again here. I'm a dipper. I'm from a long, long line of dippers. Um, yeah, that was 2016. Mechanical issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. 2016. So that's when Shane's, you're, you're kind of mentoring. Well, I, I met him in 2013, and then okay. he introduced me. It was just us and him at that point. And then it just started to multiply. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then when we met Freddie and Amy, and then by the, the winter of 2017, they had come to stay with us for several months, and uh, they were just delightful young people to be around. I mean, they didn't leave dishes in the sink. They made it so easy for us, and, uh, um, you know, and, and they were they were young Christians and a young married couple, and, you know, and it was just a, a wonderful thing to have them in our lives, and um, so, you know, that, that grew, and, uh, and then uh, a few years later, we were at Bud's Creek, and uh, we had, I'd met the Mosman family. I'd met Josh and, and Michael at that point, but I wasn't really, I, you know, they were more acquaintances than anything. And, uh, it's so, uh, at, at our Friday night dinner, we would always try to get to the, to whatever city it was in time so that we would be able to have dinner with everyone on a Friday night. And, uh, it, Josh was racing and he had his motor home and stuff at the track. And so, he he kind of had his own program going and and he wouldn't uh join us for you know uh, any of those dinners very often but we all convinced him to come that one night and he sat right across from me and uh, I and he'd seen the relationship that I had with Shane and the relationship I had with Freddie and a uh, young Christian trying to find God's will God's path for his life is it moto is it is it ministry is it is it work and uh so uh, two weeks later, the season was over, and uh, uh, Josh called me up and left me a voicemail. I still have it on my phone to this day, and he just basically said, hey, you know, I was wondering if I could come by your office and, and uh, uh, pray with you, and, you know, I want to seek God's will for my life, and I have some thoughts and some ideas, and I want to bounce them off of you. And uh, so he came and we we hit it off and and he was added to my my group of young men and uh shortly after that michael started to see that and michael started to invite himself over to our house and uh along with the other guys i taught him how to play chess and then he spent like a week watching chess on youtube and i haven't been able to beat him since and uh it's just not fair okay but uh but anyway uh um and so Michael and I uh, hit off that same relationship. So I, I had the four for quite a while. And then and then uh, a little time elapsed and uh, um, Josh met my daughter and uh, and they started off as friends. And uh, uh, and I knew Josh well. I mean, I knew I knew all about Josh. And uh, uh, so when I was like, hey, if you're interested in my daughter, you you have my endorsement. You know, it's it's uh um, you know, and my daughter is a very, very special and godly woman. And, and, uh, like I none, I mean, I'm biased for sure, but you could ask other people the same question. They're like, Ashley is a special girl. And, uh, anyway, so, uh, they hit it off and next thing you know, they're dating and, uh, 
you know, a couple of years later, they were married. And, and uh, so so I always kind of joke around and say, yeah, you know, Ashley stole one of my guys from me and Josh. But, uh, you know, he, he's he's a, a fantastic son-in-law um, and um, he definitely loves my daughter and, and definitely is is uh, the spiritual leader to, to take care of her. And I, I mean, it gives me complete peace in my heart knowing that that uh you know she has josh but uh anyway so the relationship continued with these with the other guys and with josh um and he quit racing you know right right about the same time and um so covid hit and i am really kind of like uh you have to you have to pick which team you're going to go with you can't go in between the teams and uh uh, and so we, you know, at, at the time, Freddie and Amy were very close to our family and, and they had, uh, Jolie and, and, you know, their first daughter and Jolie, Jolie and Stella think that my wife and I are grandma and grandpa and, uh, we're totally good with that. So, um, anyway, I, I chose going with Freddie and, and his team. He was with JGR at the time and, uh, it was, um. Uh, you know, the COVID year where you're, 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 you just, you're racing seven rounds in Salt Lake city, you know? And, and, uh, so, uh, we weren't supposed to, and, and I hope my, my guys don't get in trouble all these years after that, but you know, there was one of them that had a, a house rented and we would meet every day, uh, that we had free over at that house and have great fellowship at Bible studies. And it was, it was a wonderful, uh, month and a half we spent and none of you got sick and none of you died. No, no, we were, whoa, man, we were afraid, though. Shoot, you know, <laughs> fearful. That That's what really defined our, you know, our existence was fearful. But, uh, right. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you had a question there. No, I just said, uh, just yeah. interjecting here. I'm just enjoying listening at this point. So uh, shortly thereafter, the, I think it was the next year, um, Actually, Freddie was on JGR one more year, and and it got a little looser the following year, and so I kind of resumed uh, my my uh, you know mentorship of of uh, you know Michael and and uh, Shane as well. And uh, and w- what's interesting with Shane um, is I've been kind of doing a devotion with him every week since about 2014, either Friday night or Saturday morning before the race. And, uh, this year I've started to share it with other riders and, uh, I've started to do with Freddie, started to do with John short, you know, and, and, uh, Hey, could we, you know, you know, sit in, you know, kind of a thing. So it's, it's been interesting, but, uh, but, um, anyway, um, uh, so JGR folds, Freddie's got to make some serious plans and, um, so he he decides that he wants to do his own program, and uh, he asked me to pray about being his mechanic for uh, the 2020 season. And uh, I'm I'm a good wrench. Uh, I you know split cases, top ends, bottom. It doesn't matter. I can do all that stuff. Only thing I can't do on a bike, I cannot take forks apart. Never done, not one time. So uh, uh, let leave that to the, the specialist for that. Yeah, I, I probably could, but why learn now, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a young man. So, uh, you know, that is definitely a uh, physically demanding, um, 
you know, thing. And I've had, you know, 11 knee surgeries on this knee, three on this, five back surgeries, I, I, countless others, broken bones, plates here, all that kind of stuff. So I was a little concerned about the, you know, the grind and, and uh, if I could keep up. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a challenge to pick something up off the ground, okay? So um, anyway, I went for it and I said, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, and so we had an amazing year. It was, uh, uh, you know, and through that year, I really was questioning, you know, is this God's highest and best use of, of my time? And, and, uh, you know, and, and it was always kind of lingering in my mind, is this really what you want me to do? But it was, it was what presented itself to me and it was what I felt like God wanted me to do. And, and so I, I, looking back, I know for sure it was, it was the thing. Um, but, um, at the time I, I just, you know, it's like, I don't want to, you know, I'm buried in working on a bike and I can't talk to you, you know? And, and, uh, so you, you know, the, the, the fruit of having ministry opportunity was definitely, uh, there was some, but not, not much. And, uh, so we did outdoors in 2020, uh, whoa, that's hard. Uh, and then, uh, we did uh, supercross again in 2021 and then thank God Freddie got a ride on the team for outdoors in 2021. And he's on, on, uh, the mad parts Kawasaki team this year. And, uh, you know, I've retired from my, uh, my mechanic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Go back to mentoring. I am at more here in the gospel and those things and more so than, than maybe ever before. Um, I get what you mean because like, as you get even like this podcast, right? Like we're taking time right now to do this podcast and 30 to 45 minutes, but it's often in that you, you know, I sit here in the podcast and I'm like, well, am I missing an opportunity to share the love of Christ with somebody else? But we got to, sometimes you have to sit back and look at that and go, well, or is this podcast going to do that for us, right? And maybe just your servant, the servant heart of being the mechanic for that time period also showed an example to others of what it means to truly yeah. wash another person's feet, right? Because, I mean, it's not like you're getting paid a big check. I wasn't getting paid anything. I paid all my own expenses and, and uh and that's one of the things uh, that I have done with these guys. They've, they've tried to uh, buy me dinner. It's like, no, 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 you're not buying me dinner. Okay, not not ever, okay? Uh, you win a championship or when you get a real job, okay? You, you're you're one, one injury away from being unemployed. So, uh, you know, it's like they might be rolling in dough right now, you know, or feel like they are. And, uh, but, um, but. Yeah, so I, I I do think what you said uh, it 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 did earn me some credibility with a lot of other people that have now kind of been been uh, brought into my life in a in a much deeper way, and and uh, so you know it was very taxing. I don't think I could have done it a, a, a third season. In, you know, and I, I mean I did two supercrosses and one outdoors. So it was like that's a yeah, it was is grueling and. Uh, I'm 60 years old, you know, and, uh, but I will say last season, okay. And this might be boring. I'm bragging. Okay. <laughs> Stupid bragging. But, uh, April 26th, I had a massive heart attack. Okay. And, uh, I went in, uh, you know, they saved my life. I had four stents put in. I missed one round of Supercross. I missed Denver. Okay. 
and I was right back for the finale at Salt Lake City, and then I was ready to go for, for outdoors after that. But thankfully, he got a ride, and I didn't have to do outdoors. But uh, um, I've recovered. I'm I'm fine. And uh, But, uh, but it, it, at any rate, that time, you know, I call it in the tunnel. You know, when you when you your first week down there, you know, on the field, the other guys are looking at you and like, dude, who is this old guy? You know, and I wore a hat, you know, but you could see the gray hair coming out of the the silver hair coming out of the hat. You know, there's I used to say I'm salt and pepper. I'm pretty much all salt, you know, and and, uh, the pepper's gone. But, uh, um, you know, I there's no quitting. okay, Mm -hmm. and. uh uh, and I, I know everything about that motorcycle and I probably know a lot more about that rider than most of those young guys down there do, but, uh, but their acceptance and one guy befriended me and then another guy befriended me and, and, uh, you know, I wore this thing on my wrist. So I held my phone up. so I could see lap times right here on my phone. It's everyone's like, dude, that heck, you know, and I'm thinking everyone's going to get one. No one got one. <laughs> it's like, I've given a couple away this year to, uh, I gave one to Jordan Freddie's mechanic, but, uh, but, uh, but anyway, it's been a, an amazing ride. And, uh, you know, my wife comes to some of the races, not as many as she used to, and I don't blame her. You know, the travel gets old and tiring, but, um, you know, this is where God wants me to be. And these are who, or these are the people God wants me to be ministering to. And, and, uh, you know, it's been an amazing year. I, I'm very thankful, uh, for, you know, God allowing me to be back in the sport that I love so much. Right. And, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's like, I, I know, you know, the sport has changed. Okay. And, uh, but in, in real terms, I don't think that it's, it's any different. Okay. The, the pressures, the temptations, uh, the struggles, um, you know, the training, I mean, it's, it's, it's all the same, you know, thing. And, uh, so for me to be able to have the experiences that I've had that have brought me to where I am, it, it makes me more able to minister to these guys and, and, uh, you know, and then, and then to see how much that they appreciate it and they reciprocate. And, you know, like we, we just had lunch Friday and I together and, and he wasn't able to bring his, his girls, you know, Amy and the girls this, this trip. And, and we were just commenting about how special it is when it's just the two of us again, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we missed the girls don't get us wrong, but, uh, um, but it, it, it definitely, there's a, there's a camaraderie, there's a, a love and a, and a kinship. And, um, and I, I, I'll, I'll close with this. And, and I think that every Christian should be on a mission to find their life's birth, okay? And in somewhere in the scripture, and, I, and don't be quick about it, uh, it, it, it might take years, okay, five, ten or more to really have God show you what your life's verse is. And mine, uh, it, you know, I, I don't know if I really went on a, on a search for it, but, it's, but it, I know what it is. It's Romans 1, 11, and 12, and it says, I long to come to you on my brethren, uh, that I might uh, bring some spiritual gift to you and to the end that you may be established. And that is that we would be encouraged by the mutual faith that we have with one another. And, and the word there that means the most to me is that word established. And, and that's what my goal is for 
my ministry to these these people, men and women here, you know, uh, is that they would be established and rooted and grounded in Christ. And um, and so, you know, God gives you uh, a mission, a purpose in your life, and then he allows you to fulfill it in a very fruitful and bountiful way. It's like, man, it doesn't get any better than that. So that's awesome. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for being here. I didn't have to ask you, ended. Normally, I always ask at the end, what's the one thing you want the, the listener to hear? And you you did it without me even asking it. So find your verse. Yep. What's your verse? And then God's, I mean, you, you said that, and I thought five verses popped into my head suddenly. I'm like, well, I have to narrow that down a little yeah. bit. Let's go yeah. searching. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for, for spending time with us. Um, is there, do you have social media? Is there a way that the, the fans can, the listeners can uh, take a look at what Chris and his family are doing? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook and I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, it's like, uh, I, I'm not faithful at, uh, putting stuff on there. So, uh, anyone can look at, you know, Chris Cole. If but if they had questions for you or something, absolutely. can they message you off those platforms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah do it on Instagram. Uh, and I'm, uh, uh. Cole Racing Forty Seven uh, is my Instagram handle. Perfect, and uh, so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. For the, all of you listeners, take a look at uh, Chris's page. You have more questions for him um, on finding your verse. I'm sure Chris would love to to have a conversation with any one of you. Uh, if you love this episode and any other ones, please share it with somebody that you know that may need to hear it. Like and uh, support the page. We thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. God bless.